1015 FM, 720 AM. k the talk of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the host. Here is Mark Hoke. My God, boy, we're this is going to be a topic change from Common Ground. I think just a little bit. We're going to lighten the mood. Would you say so, Brad Restituto? We're back. Yeah, let's have some fun. We're here, baby. Jeez, I didn't get to adjust my mic. For those that don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody that you know listens to listen to Common Ground and you know some of the other shows on here. I've, I produce a lot of the evening shows here on. KDWN, 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. It is a difficult transition on Saturday nights. Brad, how much time do I have? You can witness me to this. Show ends, what do I do? Uh, I'd say give or take, you're lucky to get 30 seconds. I, I, I Bathroom is quick and swift. I mean, you're certainly looking like... Uh... Carl Lewis running around, or Roger Bannister, I should say, running laps around the Kadon Studios <laughs> to try to get your business done and then back in the saddle. I can honestly say I have never been compared to Roger Bannister in my life. Until now. Until now. I used to be in great shape, a decent runner, but yeah, not right now. That was a good pull. It was a great pull, actually. I'm just glad you didn't say Bruce Jenner. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Caitlin. Sorry. Yeah, that might have been good for the last show. <sighs> Wow. Oh, my God. Sorry, and I'm adjusting my mic. I probably should have turned the mic off there. But welcome to the Mark Hoke Show, everybody. We are very happy to have you joining us here. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment Saturday night edition again. They let me have the mic, so I'm taking it. And I've got Brad Restituto in the studio with me as well. He's on the other side of the fish glass because I have to produce this show right now as well, so. I can't punch him. He can't punch me, which is probably that. I'm probably more should be more worried about that. It's always a glorious evening when I get to do a show with the marvelous one, Mark Hoke, Aww. the legend, the Renaissance man of KDWN. You're, Let's go! You're such a sweetheart, dude. You're awesome, man. By the way, uh, you you said you have an anniversary today. Yeah, my uh, lovely fiance Amanda. She is uh, hanging around here somewhere uh, downstairs, listening on the radio. Definitely showing her support. So we're having a nice weekend. Celebrating four years together, Mark Oak, this weekend. And our one year being engaged. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations to you, sir. Thank you very much. Wow, did you date up? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I got lucky, man. <laughs> man, I got lucky. He, he threw that that fishing pole in the ocean, and uh, that line pulled up something good for you. So Dude, God was good when he shined her down on me. I'll tell you that. I'm one lucky man, and uh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And you're also welcome for me setting you up for that as well. Beautiful. You're welcome. No problem. Brad, I got to say, it has been an interesting week in pro wrestling. Isn't it always? Some are better than others. But I I guess we ought to lead with this story because, of course, we talked a lot about it last week. This whole situation with Vince McMahon being removed, well, stepping temporarily stepping aside as a CEO of WWE. Well, I think the talent got some good news. There might have been a little celebrating in the locker room because 
John Laurinaitis is out as head of talent relations for WWE. And I don't think too many people in the locker room are fans of his. So that might be a good thing for them. But, of course, Laurinaitis got caught up in this whole scandal with Vince McMahon doing a $3 million settlement with a legal secretary. And apparently Mr. Laurinaitis was in on the action, too. And we'll just leave it there so you don't get a bad visual. But uh, your reaction to John Laurinaitis being pulled out of there now? Well, I want to say it like this, Mark. I think we're in a culture in 2022, especially in professional sports, where men in a power position have this sense of entitlement, right? And I think this type of behavior needs to be expelled from pro sports, WWE included in the pro sports realm. We just got to do better. In this day and age, we need men of integrity, men of character, men to lead the way, not only in their workplaces, in their communities, in their jobs, in their family dynamic, everywhere they go. We need men of character in order to create young men and women of the future to step up to the plate and do right by their families and by this country and by the world, right? And if we want to make the world a better place, it starts with the men and women in the mirror. And these guys like Laurinaitis, Vince McMahon, allegedly, and some of these others have been so untouchable for so many years because of their rank and their power that they feel like they have free reign to just kind of act inappropriately or or have this entitlement sense of behavior. When where's the people stepping up to the plate and say, it doesn't matter who I am, where I am, or what my title is or how much money I make, I'm going to do the right thing. And we need to start doing the right thing in workplaces in our communities, in our households, by the people that look up to us and that anticipate looking to us as role models, as as men and women. And and Laurinaitis is that person. Like we talked about last week, he's a stepfather of of the Bella Twins. This guy's been a, a big part of the WWE operations on the talent side. It's time for us to do better as men. So I'm all for him getting ousted and anybody else that can't step up to the plate and do the right thing. Oh, the one thing that I'm really curious about, and I don't know if we're ever going to get the details, but I'd love to know exactly what happened. Because Vince is claiming that all this that took place was consensual. But, you know, consensual doesn't equal $3 million. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't like totally jumping to conclusions Obviously, you know, you really shouldn't be messing around with subordinates at work. Right. I mean, the old saying, don't dip your pen in company ink. I mean. It's very true. I mean, come on, brother. You said it right. You nailed it right on the head. It doesn't matter whether it was consensual or not. You're not doing the right thing by the people in your workplace. That's just not something that you mix, you know, especially being a CEO or a head of talent relations or anybody in a position that's uh, making big decisions, right? Because then. The, the, the line gets blurred between, okay, is this person doing this person a favor because so-and-so? It's just that's, it's just not a good mix. No, and, and I think it makes it difficult if you are, you know, let's say, and, and you don't have to just be a performer, but someone that just wants to work in the corporate structure, WWE. And you apply for a job, and you're kind of thinking, well, what's, what's it like here? I mean, and we all go through that. We all want to work at a place where we're comfortable. And if you're a female and you have to be working closely with all of these guys and, and I'm not and not everybody at WWE is like that, but 
you know, there's it, it appears that there's a lot of good old boys attitude in there that they need to they need to clean out. And you know, but of course, so what happens? John Laurinaitis gets replaced by Bruce Pritchard of all people. Does, does Vince only know two people besides his family? I mean, really, you couldn't have gotten anybody else to do that job than Pritchard? Mr. Duke the Dumpster Drossing, I love characters. We need characters. I'll tell you, it's, Mark, uh, when you present it that way, it makes me think, if, if this guy's so tight-knit in the people he puts in those positions, that says something to me that he's got a lot that he wants to keep under the table, so to speak. You would think. Because why not be all for transparency if that's the case? Yeah, and and I th- my my other issue is, boy Vince, you know we talked about him coming out on SmackDown. Well, he did it again on Raw, where he talked about John Cena and came out on the show again. He is he is bold. I will grant him that. I just if it were me, I if I were in that spot, I would be sitting in a corner somewhere. You know, maybe go down to my mansion in Florida. Kick back, relax, and just kind of, hey, let's let cool things cool off. But not Vince McMahon. No, no, no. He is going to stay up front. This is my company. I run the show. I may be sort of stepping aside for right now, but let it be known I still run the show. Uh, that is some bravado, to say the least. Not surprised at all. It's Vince McMahon. He's going to always have the biggest ego in the room. But that's what makes him him. He's been able to take that company from his dad and make it into the global uh, conglomerate that it is on the highest and highest of level. I expect nothing less. Yeah, absolutely. From Vince McMahon. And, you know, one thing, though, I, I got to tell you, I don't know how he's going to get all through this. And, and it's funny because I keep seeing more stories coming about coming out about more law firms investigating WWE. There was just one story that said five, and then I saw another one that said seven. Seven different firms are going through all this stuff that's been going on at WWE. And I got to wonder, boy, I'll tell you what, you got a lot of bloodhounds flying around there. They're going to find something. And, you know, I, I can't, you can't tell a guy he's got to resign from the company that he built for 40 years, but you kind of have to wonder, man, when does the heat get so hot that it's time to get off the seat, you know? Never. It's never going to be hot <laughs> enough to get Vince McMahon off that seat. I just don't see it happening till death, Mark. But I think it was a very smart move getting Stephanie back in the fold. Like we talked about last week, she's been very philanthropic with her efforts in the community for women's rights, for rights in general. She's really been at the front of the stage as far as doing the right thing by the McMahon brand, by her name, and by women and doing right by the culture in 2022. So I think that's a good move, and I think it's strategic. She's been front and center of all of these great things in the community representing the brand over the last five to eight years for a reason, to set up an image change if something were to come down. I think absolutely it was but, but completely I'll, strategic. But I'll just say this. Is there really an image change? When not, you, well, think, about not, it, not when you really. think about this, it's you know, we, we traded Vince and... Uh, Laurenitis for Pritchard and Stephanie McMahon. Is, is that really a trade? Is that really a change in the culture at WWE? Because it, you have to you have to realize, you know, this is a publicly traded company. Their stock took a hit on this, and if people don't see something happening, I mean, 
I if I were buying W I had WWE stock, I'd probably sell it right now. I'd probably sell it. Or, you know, at worst, just kind of be like, oh, yeah. I'll keep it in my portfolio and say a prayer. But, you know, I, there there really ought to be some... I would have thought you'd get some fresh faces in there. And and speaking of that, by the way, I don't know if you saw the news with Triple H, but he showed up at NXT. No, tell me more. Yeah, he, he came back and had a discussion with the talent and said he's back. But he didn't say exactly what his role is. So apparently... He's healthy enough, and of course, if you didn't know, he had that heart, uh, basically a heart attack that nearly killed him, and has been out of everything for a while. And of course, he'd also been fired from NXT. They removed him, and Vince and Pritchard and Lauren Ice took over running NXT as well. But he just showed up this week and said, hey, hi, everybody. What's going on? So you, you almost have to wonder, WWE didn't really seem to have a succession plan, but I wonder if Stephanie did. Mm, that's really good, Mark. That's really good. It's going to be clo- interesting to follow that. I think you're, you, you hit it on the head with is there really an image change? Of course, we're not going to see that in the near future. This is going to take time. I think, in my personal opinion, what WWE needs most is they need one person on the talent side or two, somebody that has the ability to carry the company on their back for at least a handful of years. The next Rock, the next Austin, the next Cena, somebody that's different, somebody that's unique, and that can do things that only Vince imagined. Do they have that person on the roster? I don't know, but they need somebody to shake things up. Well, it, and it, it was interesting, though, if he saw the ratings for SmackDown, and once apparently Nielsen had a uh, reporting issue, but SmackDown this last week crushed it crushed it. They were around like 2.5-ish on the average. The Roman Reigns riddle match did around a 2.9. Wow. Okay. 2.9 million people watched that. Okay. And with the discrepancy that came up, it might have been around three, which would probably would be one of the biggest segments on a wrestling TV show in a really long time. Boy, I'll tell you, Roman Reigns and Riddle pulling them in. Wow. I'm shocked. I'm not the biggest Riddle fan. I honestly believe, Mark, I don't know what the status is over the last three weeks with MJF, but I'm convinced if WWE were to find a way to snag MJF over, I think that could be the move uh, to transcend the next five to ten years for the company. Um, I love Cody Rhodes being there, but we'll see how long he's out with the injury. But uh, the next six months to 20 months for WWE is going to be really important because... I personally don't know that the Riddle character is sustainable. I, I think it's going to definitely have an expiration date. So we're going to have to see. I think they've done brilliant with Roman Reigns, but who else around him are they going to be able to develop that's going to be able to carry the company at a high level without Vince there? That Kevin is, Owens, maybe. I love Kevin Owens. He's a possibility. Well, you know, the funny thing is is that when just when you think that maybe WWE is making some good creative moves and you have a Riddle on a roll like he was, of course, he was teamed with Randy Orton and, and RK Bro. They were the champions for a while. Riddle really raised his game. And, of course, Randy Orton, everybody fell in love with Randy again because he actually looked like he gave a damn in the ring, was having a great time. And then all of a sudden on Monday Night Raw, when they're having a qualifying match for Money in the Bank coming up here, which is on Saturday here in Las Vegas, they put him against almost 
and he gets smashed. So Riddle's momentum is absolutely destroyed in a matter of a couple of days. And I just don't understand why you would do that to him. I would think you'd want him in that Money in the Bank match, not necessarily win it. You know, you could start the whole struggle back. Of course, he they put a stipulation that he can't challenge Roman Reigns again, which I think is ridiculous. But now, not only did you do that, but then you beat him to get into Money in the Bank. So, you know, what happens to Riddle? You just took a guy that was that had a rocket on his back, and, man, you just pulled the fuse out and took the cover off and hit the blow-up button, and down he went again. Oh, it's bizarre. We, yeah, we've seen this multiple times. Though. Not shocking. Yeah, so... Yeah, it was it was something else that that was, but it was a, a pretty pretty interesting episode of SmackDown this week to say the least. I'll catch up. Yeah, well, we had and two other guys that I I want to mention from SmackDown. There were there were a couple cool things that I thought happened on SmackDown this week. One, of course, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus were forced into a tag team, and and these guys have been going back and forth with each other for a real long time. They've been friends for years and years. Of course, both from. Uh, the United Kingdom, depending on what location they choose to pick. But they ended up in a tag team against the Usos this week, and if they won, they got to be in the Money in the Bank match, and they pinned the Usos. So these two guys go over clean on the unified tag team champions. Kind of a... Well, I don't know how much of a surprise it is, because when they put the match together, yeah, they're probably going to win. But still, you just beat your unified tag team champions with a couple guys that hadn't teamed together for a while. So pretty interesting stuff on that. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, gosh. It, what what direction is next? Exactly. It, because they're working so well together. And the way they, the last few weeks, the matches they've had, kind of reminded you how good they were. Of course, Sheamus has been a multi-time WWE champion. McIntyre's been a champion a couple times. Carried the company through the pandemic and then kind of got <laughs> pushed aside, pushed a, little aside a little bit. But they look great. They really did. And it, it's going to be interesting to see what WWE does with those two going forward. I like seeing them. I honestly like seeing them together. I think they're a great combination. Where does that leave our buddy? Uh, what's his new name now? The Badger? The Bruiser? The... Oh, Butch. Butch, Butch, Butch. Where's Butch? You know, people like Butch. Where's Butch? Butch is... It's like I'm calling for my dog. Butch, <laughs> where are you at? Well, you know, it's funny because Butch reminds me of... You remember, uh, you remember the Tom and Jerry cartoons with the big bulldog? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. You remember the little bulldog, his son? Yes. Went, rah, 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 rah. Yes. Is that Butch? That's Butch. Beautiful. That is Butch. Little Butch. Little Butch. But he's... Uh, yeah, Pete Dunne, he's... He's kind of getting into that character change a little bit. I'm kind of liking it. I, I am too. He's insane. That's got to that's be fun to just act like a total psychopath. Oh, I do it every day. Well, so, I know yeah. you do. Come but, on. But it's all good. Of course, this is the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM 720 AM. Brad Restituto actually sitting in my Sunday chair, which is okay. Thank you for that, Mark. Yeah, yeah keeping it warm. You know, I, I, I told you off the air that I was going to be nice uh, to jo- Joseph this week. So I'm going to taper down the uh, the heat. Uh, but just know, you're still on my radar, brother. You're still on my <laughs> radar, brother. Oh, my God. I love you, though. Well, one other thing that happened on SmackDown this week, which I... Th- and, and I'm curious to hear your opinion about okay. this. Because Natalia is challenging Ronda Rousey. Of course, Ronda Rousey, the former UFC champion, is currently the women's SmackDown champion. Natty came out this week 
dressed like Ronda Rousey with a baby stroller in the ring. <laughs> and cut a promo on Natty that or on Ronda that was pretty brutal. I enjoyed it. And of course Ronda had left WWE because she wanted to have have a baby. So that's what the whole baby stroller thing. And they actually got in a fight and yeah, Natty threw the uh, the baby stroller at, at Ronda. I can't wait to watch that. Wait, wait, have you ever seen a baby stroller in the ring? No, not th- trying to think in recent memory, which my memory with wrestling goes back two decades, at least my short term. No, I, I can't think of it. <laughs> we, we've, we've seen Lita in a bed with Test. Uh, we've seen all kinds of stuff in that yeah. ring. Uh, but I can't remember seeing a baby stroller. No, so... New opi- Unless Mr. Sacco was dressed in a diaper and, and no, an outfit. No, I don't think that happened. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's been in the ring in a diaper, though. Oh, I'm sure. There there had to be a dress-him-up-like-a-baby match oh, or something. Oh, sure. Somewhere. I remember. I I, let's call I'll Jim Cornette. We'll find out. But, yeah, Jim, let's go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check on that one. But Nanny in this match, and obviously, now I'd be stunned if she did win. But, of course, she is the son of Jim Neidhart. Part of the Hart family dynasty. And, you know, I almost wonder if it's time for a curveball. I almost wonder if if they should call Natty's number at least for a little while and let her get what would be the biggest win of her career in WWE. She's been the champion before, but never really in what you would call a a major feud. And she got into... You know, when she they teamed her with Tamina and they won the tag team titles a little while ago, I thought that was great, and then they killed it. You know, of course, you had the, the daughter of Jimmy Snuka and, you know, Jim Neidhart's daughter. So, you know, a really, you know, cool legacy-type team there. But I almost wonder if they shouldn't let Natty win this match. I w- Go ahead. I, I wouldn't mind seeing how far this car- she can go. Look, she... She's been in the industry forever. She is as well-seasoned as any superstar that you can think of. So why not give her free reign and see where she can go with it, how she can develop that character and diversify it with the strap around her waist? I mean, we know that she can talk. How about giving her free reign just to go off? And let's see how brutalizing she can be and how captivating she can be with the mic behind her hand and the title belt. I mean, I would love to see a ruthless natty that will do whatever it takes to keep that belt around her waist by hook or by crook, by chair or by ladder or by hammer. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Natty just go for it and really see if she could take that character and keep the belt on her for a while. Just a ruthless type uh, Natty Nightheart and see where she can go just with the ruthless, ruthless promo cutting and the whatever it takes attitude to keep the belt that she's been it's that's eluded her for so long as far as really having a staple as the women's champion yeah and she's she's definitely capable and and they've you know they've had her in the mentor role for so long exactly and it just seems to me like it's it's been a waste of talent and i'd really love to see her get a chance and Said, I, I don't think they're going to do it right here at Money in the Bank, but I would I would get a kick out of that if you could really get her going. And and of course, Rhonda has problems with promos too, in case you haven't noticed. And I think it would be very interesting to let them work together, and you would have Natty being able to kind of bring her along a little bit and teach her a few things that maybe she didn't get to pick up because Rhonda really did get rushed into everything. Now came. 
right into WWE, gets thrown into that match at WrestleMania, teaming up with Kurt Angle, and then, you know, fighting for the title. And and she didn't really get the education that she needed. So I'd kind of like to see it. I would. Oh, hey, we got to take a break. Can you believe that? The first half hour is gone already. We're Stop. out of here. Hey, gone. when we come back, we're going to talk about Forbidden Door. And Ooh, yeah. of the AEW pay-per-view coming up. And it's been kind of cursed. <laughs> That's what Wrestling Observer said, and I don't think there's any other way to put it. But we will talk about that when we come back here on the Mark Hoke Show. Stick around for more with me and Brad Restituto. Look at that. Pumping the fist. Stick around, everybody. We'll be right back on KTWN 101.5 FM, 720M, the Talk of Las Vegas. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening. 1015 FM, 720 AM. KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. You're listening to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Vegas. The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Now, here again is Mark Hoke. Oh, yeah. That would be yours, truly. What's going on, everybody? How we do in Las Vegas? It's Saturday night. Everybody being safe? Everybody chilling out at home? <laughs> Not. It's Las Vegas. Saturday night, doing it live. There you go. I like that Brad yells with me. It makes me feel secure. We're here, baby. Yeah. Hey, what a beautiful night in Las Vegas. 100 degrees, breezy, summertime in Vegas. Trying to get back to normal, even though the media's trying to bring us down. Oh, they can't a- bring us down. We're in Las Vegas, and we want to live our lives. There you go. That's it, Brad. Brad Restituto, just, yep, bringing the heat. And if you don't let me live my life, I'll bring a steel chair with me, and I'll <sighs> bop you with it. So look out. Did, uh, bop? <laughs> bop? I've never heard a steel chair go bop. Well, that's because I... I've, I, been, I've, <laughs> I've heard smack, crushes, breaking, you know, but I've never heard about a bop with a steel chair. It's so swiftly when mm, I swing bop, it from the chest. Bop, bop. See, that doesn't work. No? No. It's okay, Brad. I kind of, well, we can, we can go with bop. I mean, you could kick my butt, so I won't. But, you know, speaking of getting bopped, of course, AEW Forbidden Door is this weekend, or tomorrow. And uh, I think I'll be headed down to the Orleans. They are showing it on the big screen down there. I think it's like 25 bucks to go in and Watch that. The pay-per-view is 50, so you can actually hang out with some people watching on the giant screen. So I've done that a few times. It's a lot of fun. So if you want to come down to the Orleans, I would imagine I'll be there. So you can join me and say hello. be a lot of fun. But this card, I don't know, Brad, if I've ever seen a card that has been devastated by injuries than this card. Of course, if you don't know what the Forbidden Door is, typically the Forbidden Door, when that is set in wrestling, is Japan, the Japanese promotions are on the other side, and never the twain cross, right? U.S. is here, Japan's there, you can go wrestle one or the other, you're not doing both, 
Usually, you know, they don't work with each other. Well, of course, Tony Khan with AEW has been slowly fostering a relationship with New Japan Wrestling. And they put together this card, uh, AEW Forbidden Door, where they're doing a joint promotion with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sold out in a couple of days at the United Center. I mean, this is going to be a big event. But unfortunately, (laughs) it has been destroyed by injuries. CM Punk was supposed to be defending the his new AEW World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi, but Punk got hurt just a few days into his reign, so Punk's out. Brian Danielson, part of the reason he left WWE was because he wanted to work with the guys from New Japan. Well, Brian Danielson got hurt in the Anarchy in the Arena match at Double or Nothing here in Las Vegas. He has been out. They were going to have him wrestle Zack Sabre Jr., who is one of probably the top five technical wrestlers in the world. No Brian Danielson. And if you want to keep going about just how brutal this got, the IWGP world champion, Jay White, they were supposed to do a tag match, but it ended up because of injuries. Jay White is now defending against Adam Page, uh, Okada, and Adam Cole. So that match got changed. The AEW All-Atlantic Championship, their new belt, Tomohiro Ishii was supposed to be in this. He just qualified to be in the match. He hurt his knee. He is an ultimate tough guy. So you know he's hurt. He is out. So it is now Pac Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors, who is a a great, um, he's an American wrestler, but pretty darn good one who wrestles over in Japan. That match got changed. Will Ospreay was apparently supposed to be wrestling Andrade, but because of contractual issues between New Japan and CMML, one of the uh, Mexican promotions, they don't get along. So all those guys that wrestled down in Mexico were not allowed to be on this card. So Andrade is pulled off of it. And Will Ospreay is now wrestling Orange Cassidy for the IWGP US Championship. The, we do have a tag team championship match with FTR, taking, who are the Ring of Honor tag team champions, taking on Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb. They are the IWGP tag team champions and Rapungi Vice. They will be in that one. The Young Bucks were supposed to be in an eight-man match teaming with um, Hiro, uh, Hiromo Takahashi. He got a fever the other day and could not get to the U.S., so they changed the eight-man match to a six-man match. So that one is now down to um, the Bucks and El Fantasmo against Sting, Darby Allen, and Shingo Takaji. So that one got screwed up. This card, as good as it's going to be, just got ruined by injuries, Brad. Have you ever heard anything like that in your life? Well, I just heard it first from you, and it, it, it's almost unbelievable. I mean, you just went down the list. And name after name after name, switch after switch. That's a lot of last-minute fumbling and moving pieces for Tony Khan and company. Uh, that's a tough task when you're losing that much talent, Mark. Yeah, and and the thing is, they were, you know, they obviously they've had this plan for a while. They knew what they wanted to do, and it just seems like week after week after week leading up to this that it's just been destroyed. But. On the other side, and I and I don't want to put the card down because I am definitely watching this because this is still going to be fantastic. You're going to get to see some of the greatest Japanese wrestlers. Okada's going to be there. Tanahashi, 
uh, you know, so many great names that we are finally going to get to see on a U.S. promotion, which I think is going to be a blast. You, know, you got Mox taking on Tanahashi, and that is going to be something else. That's for the interim AEW World Championship. And you know, one thing about that match that I think is fascinating is now with Punk out, because yeah, obviously Punk was going to win that match before. There's no question about it. You're not you're not going to put the championship on Punk and then a, a few weeks later in Chicago have him lose to a guy from Japan. Not happening. But Brett, I'm going to throw this out because this is now an interim situation where whoever is going to be the champ, this interim champion, when Punk comes back, will wrestle him for the title. Do you try to really extend this relationship a little bit more? Extend the publicity in Japan as Tony Khan, of course, is trying to expand internationally and, you know, get start doing cards in Canada and so on. Do you keep a Japanese legend like Tanahashi as the AEW interim champion and take the chance on that? Do you think that's a good idea? I don't think they do it. It's it's interesting. I haven't thought about it. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know that some of these guys, even Tony Khan, I don't know that he has the stones to do something like that. I mean, you would think, but there's nothing really that he's done up to this point in the inception of AEW that really brought my jaw to the floor and saying, wow, I didn't see that coming. I mean, can you think of something where you said, wow, I didn't see that coming out of nowhere? I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know that I can. I think it's been more of just who's come in and, you know, how they book some of the matches and things that have happened. But in terms of, like, you know, someone getting a title, no, not totally. But this would be a stunner. It would. That's this why, would that's be why a I say that. It would definitely be a stunner. And, you know, the only match that I think really survived all this injury, that I, I think it's going to be pretty interesting, is Thunder Rosa taking on Tony Storm. And Thunder Rosa has apparently been a little bit dissatisfied what's going on. I don't know if the word is disappointment. That's kind of what you're hearing. But I don't know if they brought Tony Storm in to lose. Now we've, of course, seen Brian Danielson and others lose the championship matches. But do you think that Thunder Rosa survives this match? And, or is Tony Storm your champ? Well, let me throw it back at you. I mean, what do you think about this Thunder Rosa? And what do you think as her leading the way in the women's division. Do you think she's strong enough behind the mic and consistent enough to, I mean, she's no Britt Baker when it comes to the microphone and and really captivating the audience. So what is her ceiling as champion? I mean, I'm curious your opinion before I give you the answer to Storm Rosa. In terms of what she does in the ring, she's incredible. Correct. There's no question about it. Her character's amazing. Of course, we, we interviewed her during Double or Nothing weekend. Uh, she is an unbelievable person. I do wonder about the promo skills a little bit, a little bit. And with Tony Storm's popularity, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the trigger on this. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't either. You know, I'm a big Chris Statlander fan. Oh, I love Chris Statlander. Yeah, man. Um, and I think Th- Thunder Rosa gets rave reviews as far as her in-ring uh, ability. I'll tell you another character who I think may get a, a push here in the next six months that I really have enjoyed the character development is Serena Deeb. Oh, yeah. So I just don't... Thunder doesn't quite have the, that it yet. And can she get it? Can she develop it? 
I don't know, man. I think it's going to be tough. I think her with the strap around her to be the overall champion, the face of the women's division, being able to not only do it in the ring but captivate the audience outside of the ring and behind the microphone, she just doesn't have that quite it factor that I think maybe some of the other female stars have that have a lot of ability as well. Yeah, of course, this is the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM 720 the talk of Las Vegas, best in pro wrestling news and entertainment. I'm Mark Hoke, along with Brad Restitute on our Saturday night, Saturday night edition. And, of course, our normal show on Sunday, by the way, 8 a.m. with Andrew Fishfain and Joe DeFalco from Future Stars of Wrestling. So make sure you tune in tomorrow because we'll be breaking all of this down, too. Um, you know, but it, I, I think this whole card, and I and one the reason that I would suggest everybody watch this is because this is really the first opportunity on a major promotion to see all these Japanese performers. And they're fantastic. Of course, Okada and Kenny Omega had all those terrific matches that were match of the year. And, and you know, it's funny, Kenny Omega's out, still out, too. Still out. You know, you'd love to have, have him be a part oh, yeah. of this. Oh, yeah. You know, could I mean, could, you know, if you'd had another Okada Omega match, yikes. Yeah, that would have been sick. Oh, but, yeah, it's been a mess. But there are a lot of terrific talents here that you haven't seen yet and really if you miss it i think you're going to be disappointed because there's going to be some great wrestling on this card there's no doubt about it now mark when you talk about japanese wrestling i mean as far back as your memory bank goes look new japan pan wrestling i mean this is not a company this company has really kind of grown over the last three decades i mean yes has have wrestlers always traveled over to japan to get work and to to integrate at times yes Hulk Hogan as far back, even before that, when Antonio Inoki used to take, you know, people on, and they used to do the traveling from wrestlers to the United States, Japan, Ric Flair, the, the list goes on and on. But Mark, kind of talk about when New Japan really started to get that fire lit under the company and it started to become bigger, especially in the mainstream media landscape as far as wrestling fans go. In, in recent times, you'd be looking at, like when Chris Jericho went over there, that was huge because he had some big matches with Okada and Kenny Omega. I mean, the, the Jericho Omega feud was huge. We also had a few years ago when Ring of Honor teamed up with them, and and ROH was bringing in a lot of the Japanese guys. You know, you would see Naito and and Okada would show up every once in a while, and, and a whole ton of them were here uh, coming over and wrestling matches. You'd see them on TV all the time, and of course, then the Bullet Club really kind of got the Americans' attention because there you had Finn Balor, AJ Styles, uh, the Young Bucks, and so many other guys were involved with the Bullet Club. So they really did start rising to prominence in terms of the American landscape uh, over the past four or five years, getting everybody's attention. And, of course, like I said, Kenny Omega doing what he was doing was just phenomenal too. So it's it's been a nice recent build for them getting into the... American uh, thought process of professional wrestling. You know, Jim Ross was over there doing commentary for him. I remember that, yep. yeah. But, you know, the, the history of Americans going over to Japanese wrestling, and it's really fascinating because I got to take a look at all this before uh, the show tonight, just to kind of remind myself of the history of Americans going over to New Japan and, uh, you know, some of the big names that have had impacts here as well. Uh, you know, you can go all the way back to the Bob Backlund days. Of course, you know, a lot of the guys that we remember history-wise that went over to New Japan were people like Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, 
Um, you know, Hogan did time over there. Uh, Terry Funk did a lot of time oh, in yeah. Japan, too. You had quite a few people. You know, a lot of guys would, you know, Flair would go over there. And a lot of guys would go over there, and, and they paid well. So <laughs> you would get a lot of the gauging going in there and doing their thing. Uh, but it's it's funny that, you know, Backlund over there, they he actually lost the WWF championship over there briefly. That and it never got recognized by the uh by the WWF. But Backlund lost the title to Antonio Inoki over there. Back in uh was it seventy nine? Yeah. Um he lost the title and then they had a no contest and then Inoki vacated the belt. Oh. So then that set up a whole thing with Bob Backlund and uh, Greg Valentine and Bobby Duncombe and Backlund ended up winning the title back, so they just said, eh, this didn't really count. So Noki's reign never got recognized. And it's funny how they treated a lot of these. Um, there was another one with uh, in the NWA, when you go back in time there, too. And let me just pull my notes, because there were a lot of guys that did that. But uh, Jack Briscoe lost the belt to Giant Baba over there a couple of times. Uh, well, he lost to Baba one time. Race lost it to Baba a couple of times when they were in Japan. They actually traded the belt five times. Wow. Five times. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, between uh, It was between February 77. Um, let me see. I'm sorry. Uh, 79, August 79. Race won it. Baba won it in October. Then Race won it back in November, the next November. And then or in November, just a few days later. So it was this another seven-day rain. Race won it back for a while. Baba got it again. So they were messing around with that for a while. And then you had other guys in fairly recent memory. Remember when Ric Flair vacated the the NWA title mm-hmm. and went to the WWF? Uh, Masahiro Chono was the next NWA champion. And then Muda won it. So those guys have been integrated in that too. And then, of course, we had a time back in the AWA. I was going to say, didn't the Von Erichs do some... The Von Erichs did a lot of time in Japan. Yeah, they, yeah. Unfortunately, that was where David passed away That's right. from that intestinal problem that happened. Um, but we, you, know, you also had Jumbo Serrata, who was the AWA champion, who they actually... Uh, Bockwinkle lost the belt to him, and then that was when Rick Martel won the AWA title and went on a roll there. So Japanese wrestlers have been integral in the history of professional wrestling, not just in Japan, but here. Yep. You know, and it's really interesting, but it's really interesting that not many of them have come over here and made what you would call a huge impact. I mean, don't, when you think about it, how many Japanese wrestlers have you seen, did you see in WCW and in the WWF? Not many. I mean, like. I can think of five off the top of my head, maybe. Yeah. Takamichi uh, Mishinoku was. That's the one that I remember from WWE, WWE the most. Great Muda in WCW. Yep. Muda had a good run. Uh, the guy with the white pants and all the tattoos from uh, uh, WWE. Well, you thinking of Matt Bloom? No, no, no. He had the white. Tensai. Uh, but he was an American. No, no, no. I'm not thinking. Oh, um, oh my God. Now you're going to kill me on that. <laughs> I know. Oh. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh boy, he had the kicks. Yeah, but then he had like a great. Yeah, but then he had great Kabuki. Yeah, um, you know, mostly territorial kind of guy there. But yeah, they just you know, and and probably was just a language barrier. Yeah, thing yeah. for the most part. But it, but it's interesting that even though they never seem to cross too much, 
they were integral in, in professional wrestling history. Oh, for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, so that I think that's what makes this card so exciting is that now we're finally going to get to see those two worlds come together, and that that forbidden door is open. Now, do you, th- if you were the Booker, do you think the United Center in Chicago is the place to have? this pay-per-view for for Bindor, or if if, if you were the man in charge, do you think there'd be a better venue for this? I I think this is a good venue. Okay. Um, I know New Japan's done some cards in California, but the United Seller sold out immediately. Okay. So I guess you can't complain too much about that. No. Just curious. And I think, too, that they probably were planning that CM Punk was going to be the champion. So you'd have him performing in Chicago. Right. So, unfortunately, with the plans getting screwed up, yeah. Now, oh, did, well. did, did he injure himself when he won the title in that match? Or, or can you give me some details I think on it was, that injury? I think it was the next match on Wednesday night on Dynamite, if I remember correctly, that he got hurt. And then Friday had to say that he was stepping back. Now, what, what kind of injury is this exactly? They have said lower leg. Mm. Lower leg. But apparently it's a foot. So he could be out. I mean, that's that. See, and that's the that's the problem with the... The whole situation there is you don't know when he's going to be back. I mean, I mean look a how long Kenny Omega's been out. Yeah, well, Maybe. Kenny Kenny was so busted up. Yeah, I mean, between the 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 hernia, the the shoulders, knee injury. I mean, the dude was messed up when he lost the belt to Adam Page and wrestled that match. He couldn't lift one of his arms. He was in terrible shape. Wow. You know, but he you know, he put himself through hell. Yeah, you know, and, and didn't take a rest, and that's what happens. So yeah, it's it, but of course you never know. You never know. If Kenny Omega is going to make an appearance. <laughs> I'd be stunned if he didn't. We should put some money on that. We should, man. What what a pop he'd get coming out for this forbidden oh, door pay per view. Good lord! Now we're sparking it, Mark. We're sparking it now. All right, Kenny's going to make an appearance tomorrow. Where's the spot though? Where's the spot? Oh, it's got to be. If you do it, he's in the championship match. Oh baby, I love him. Oh, oh he screws Moxley over. This could be it. Oh. Now we're on some. Of course, Moxley lost the AEW World Championship wow. to Kenny Omega. My uh, my fiance just came through. She texted me with the guy with the tattoos and the white pants. Uh, Hakushi. 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 Yeah. That's him. Okay. I got his picture right here. There you go. That's the guy. Good job, man. Good, good work, honey. Good job. Way to go. She comes through. <laughs> she does. Of course, this is the Marco Show. I'm so excited. She's not big into wrestling. I've tried to get her to uh, be an Orange Cassidy fan. I'm trying to get Why? all my friends no. in the world, Mark Hoke, to buy a Best Friends collection shirt. <laughs> I want everyone that I consider a friend to wear a Best Friends shirt. That's including you, Mark Hoke, and Amanda. Some people, they cannot have it. They are not a part of the Best Friends civilian group, is like I like, I like to call it. Uh-huh. But you're in. Okay. You're part of the best friends, brother. No, that's awfully kind of you, buddy. Right. Brad Restituto, Mark Hoke here on the Mark Hoke Show here on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. Yeah, so that's Forbidden Door tomorrow. And so, we called it here first, Omega. Oh, man. That, Omega's going to screw Mox. You know, I just thought of that right now. I know it, and it's brilliant. That's going to be great. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that actually happens? <laughs> you better text me when it does. Well, you should just come down and watch. Yeah, uh, that too. Um, so, um, other wrestling news, and I really wanted to make sure that I got to this because, of course, last week we lost one of the Hebners, and then on, I believe that was Sunday again, uh, Tim White passed away. Yeah. Longtime referee, and what people don't, I mean, everybody remembers Tim for his refereeing. Of course, he was a little 
a little chubbier guy, had the black beard, but had all the shoulder issues and, you know, worked his way through him for a long time. But what people forget about Tim was he was really the guy that took care of Andre the Giant on the road. Yeah, I, didn't, a, I did not know that. Yeah, for a really long time, Tim White was his personal assistant. Just whatever Andre needed, he was there. And then after Andre's passing, then he got into more into refereeing and, you know, took that career the rest of the way before the injuries took him out and he started, you know, his health started failing. But, yeah, Tim White passed away. Uh was 68 years old. Oh, brutal. And everybody loved the guy. I mean, just the social media outpouring was incredible. And, yeah, so two of the, two of the greatest referees of all time passing within a couple days of each other. That was pretty sad to see. It is, man. I tell you, the last couple of years, just the names in sports and entertainment that uh, have passed on, it's it's just sobering. It's, it's life's too short, Mark. We've got to enjoy each moment of fellowship, of family and friends with each other. You just don't know when, when the next day could be the last for, for, for anybody. So we just got to enjoy it while we can. Man, it's, it's just tough, heartbreaking. Yep, absolutely. And we've got about a little over a minute to go. Um, of course, don't forget, here in town, I don't know if you can still get tickets or not, but Money in the Bank, WWE coming up here. So we get another great event here in Las Vegas. Bianca Belair, Belair will be facing Carmella. That Ooh. match got ruined for injury, of course, because Rhea Ripley got hurt. She had a brain injury, so oh, Carmella no. is filling in. Good night. Man, wrestling, is, it's nothing to play with, man. It's a dangerous sport. Two, I mean, two Money in the Bank matches, of course, the men's and the women's. Uh, Ronda Rousey against Natty. The Usos are taking on the Street Profits and Theory defending the U.S. title against Bobby Lashley on this card. So should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun week. This is Las Vegas, Mark Hoke. The Sin City Entertainment Capital of the World. Get your butts here. Get your tickets. Get your seats. And call the Mark Hoke Show. Tweet us. Write us. Email us. We got something for you, brother. And you can do that by going, follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Facebook, the Mark Hoke Show. MarkHokeShow.com. And, of course, if you want to download this podcast, all your favorite outlets, you can just go to MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com. Listen to all our great shows. And give me a follow on YouTube at Brad the Believer, Twitter at Brad the Believer, Instagram at Brad the Believer. Get it done. It sounds good. Well, hey, we will see you guys tomorrow at 8 a.m. with Fish and DeFalco. So stick around for more tomorrow here on KDWN. And, of course, Harvey Hyde coming up with the Trojan Football Report. Stick around for that. We'll see you guys tomorrow.